0: Well, good morning. It's nice to be with you. I don't know if it's good, because normally my heart beats at 65, but I think it's 125 this morning. But we do pray that the Lord will minister to each of our hearts as we come to look at God's world word. If we can turn our Bibles to Hebrews chapter 10, and verse 19 through to verse 25. So chapter 10 verse 19 Therefore brothers since we have confidence to enter the holy places by the blood of Jesus by the new and living way that he opened for us through the curtain that is through his flesh and since we have a great priest to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day drawing near. Amen. May God bless that reading of us prayer for a few minutes. Father God, we thank you that we can draw near around your work this morning. We thank you that your work makes us wise to salvation. We thank you that your work teaches us so many things about our world, so many things about us as individuals, but most of all it teaches us about God, the great creator God, the one who has made this world in which we live in, and the one which has created each one of us here. And we would ask this morning that we might know the very presence of God amongst us, that the Spirit of God might brood over this whole service. And that when we are done this morning, may each of us say in our hearts, was it not good to be here to meet with our God? We long for more of a sense of your presence with us, and therefore we pray that you would empty our minds and our hearts, of the normal things of life that we might hear the pure word of god and that you might lead us and teach us and bless us this morning for we ask these things in his name and for his glory i would like this morning just to look at this work and look at the subject the ideal church there are many christians who live looking for that ideal church or that perfect church but never seem to settle in a church we we tend to call them spiritual butterflies always looking for that ideal church so this morning I just want to look at that subject what is an ideal church? if you were to move away from Hamilton maybe to go down south with your job or into Europe or wherever What would you look for in a church? What would your ideal church be? As Christians, most of us, we should have goals and aims in our lives. Maybe it might be, I aim to be a better Christian this year than last year, or I aim to be more kinder and helpful to other people. And I know in this life that we will never find the perfect church. This time of heaven. But we can set our standards. We can set our objectives in the spiritual sense. Man's chief end is to glorify God and to enjoy Him forever, is it not? So do you ever ask that question? Maybe ask it when you're standing in front of the mirror, whether it's putting your makeup on or having a shave. Do you ever ask yourself that question when you look into that mirror? and say, do I glorify God? Do I glorify God in what I do? Do I glorify God in what I say? Do I glorify God in how I act before a watching world? These are good questions to ask. These are challenging questions to ask. We have a blueprint here to which our lives should be based on. And that blueprint is the scriptures of truth. It's shameful and it's an abomination that we live in a society today where men and women who say they are Christians and even say they are evangelical Christians yet they are dispensing with some of God's word. There are some people groups who claim that Christians who preach the word of God should be classed as a hate crime. We know we have been left with this word. God has left us with his word to guide us, to shape us, to bring us to Christ. Men are leaving out bits of the Bible, bits of God's word, because they upset people. Well, we need to take the rough with the smooth. Sometimes God's word does get under our skin. It challenges us, where we are as God's people. (coughs) But I'm sorry, I would rather offend man than offend the living God. When I was in my early teens, and maybe those of like age to myself, as a young boy, I loved to do air-fix models. Love loved to glue them together. And especially the balsa wood models, that light wood that you used to cut out with a knife, glue it all together and stretch it with the tissue and paint it up. And it could even fly if you actually put a small engine towards it. But if they weren't built correctly, if they weren't built to the instructions, they wouldn't fly. And the only way that they could fly was if you followed the instructions of how to build it. Is that not like our lives this morning? Building them to God's instructions? So there's three or four, This small headings I want to read with, with you this morning and I hope that will convey what an ideal church should consist of. Some believers think that the ideal church is where they can take their relatives and their friends with the least embarrassment. Now there may be some truth in that statement and we ought not to dismiss it but the popular idea today of an ideal church is that services should be to the point, short, always contain a gospel message of how to be saved. The speaker should be charming, he should be good looking and well dressed. So I'll leave that up to you Now I'm not necessarily disagreeing with all of these points, but it would it not be superficial if we were to stop which that which is mainly outward looking. The churches say not this building but you and I as individuals that has to do with sanctification of life sanctification of believers and preparation for the world to come we read it there Hebrews 10 verse 22 let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for him, but he who has promised is faithful. And let us consider how to serve one another to love and good works. So, the first heading this morning is of an ideal church is biblical preaching. This is the first feature that ought to be sought in a local church or an ideal church. The Holy Scriptures, you see, are the springboard from which your life and my life was denied from. I've ever only been in two churches. The last one for 27 years, where we got converted and then here in Hamilton for the last 10 years. And having left our previous church with 15 people at the end, and coming here to 250 or whatever, the symbol was, was wonderful. You felt lifted up towards heaven. And it still is wonderful. But you see the word, the word spoke to our hearts. God in his mercy ministered to us on that day, at the right time, at the right place, and our hairs were in the back of our neck we were standing because we thought the preacher knew exactly our position but you see God knew our position and God ministered through the pastor at that time challenging us upbuilding building us teaching us from his word and preaching ought to be doctrinal expository, evangelical, experimental and practical and applicatory and relevant. And as I'm doing that this morning, it's not my name that's up there, but God's name, God's Holy Spirit and his name that they might be glorified. And I want all of us, when we leave this service this morning, to say in our heart that God has spoken to me. We come to church, yes, to worship him. We come to hear his word. And God speaks to us. And he challenges us. And he upbuilds us. And he points us in the right direction. God has spoken to me. I have been convicted of the imperative need to apply what I've heard to my everyday life. It's an ideal church. Biblical preaching must be derived from the word of God. Even the difficult passages that maybe we don't particularly like. Let us never lose sight of the fact that souls are saved under conviction of sin by the preaching of this word. But sadly there are many (coughs) churches today. Occupied with so-called creatures who should never be in the wilderness in the first place. Verse 19 and 20. Since we have confidence to enter the holy places by the blood of Jesus, by the new and living way. We're saved this morning. We're on that new and living way. And we can only experience that by our conversion and not by any other means. But you see, sometimes man thinks better. <laughs> Proverbs 14, verse 12 says, There is a way that seems right to man, but the ways are the ways of death. I kind have of a brother in law who is not Christian. But he says, How can all these people be wrong? And the Christian Unite. Matthew 7.13 13. Wide is the road. Many are on it. Narrow is the pathway. what does it say? Few there be that find it. So that's why the majority have no time for God. It so in the You haven't followed the manual, you see. They haven't listened and obeyed the instructions. They've disregarded the word of God and brought in all kinds of gimmicks, leading people down the wrong pathway. That's not an ideal church. An ideal church, secondly, is a church which has scriptural government, where elders and deacons have been appointed according to the Bible. According to Biblical requirements, not the requirements of man, but the requirements of God in Titus 1, 5-9 and Timothy 3, verse 1-7. And the pastors and the elders are expected to feed the flock and to shepherd the flock and to care for the flock. For the fulfilment of their duties, the elders have authority delegated to them by the head of the church. Jesus Christ. Not to lord over them, no. But to love them. To care for them. To serve them. That is the position of an ideal church. Ministering the word of God. Paul describes it in Second Timothy 3 verse 15. As the pillar and ground of truth. And the value of truth can never be overestimated in our world overrun with error, sin and apostasy. You see, if we were to shut this word of God out from our church, we would soon have those words written across our building. and The glory of the Lord has departed. This teaches us that God's anointing may depart from us at a particular time and it may be only much later that this becomes evident to people around us when worldliness or sin becomes manifest in us as individuals or as churches it's clear to everyone who has some understanding of God's ways that God has departed. But in fact, it would be that the decline happened much earlier. We do not really mean to let things slip so far, but the only way to prevent this is to make sure that there is no decline in the first place. The best way to avoid becoming lukewarm is to ensure that we keep ourselves hot. And how do we do it? It is well known that most believers of today are really more interested in their earthly welfare than their spiritual welfare. So they usually conclude that God is pleased with them when they are not facing any serious problems in life. And when everything earthly seems to be going not only smoothly, but also prosperously, but remember that God gives his sun and rain and earthly blessings even to the wicked. Matthew 5, verse 45. You know, there was a man once who was pretty down in his life. And he went into a church one day that catered for the the self-important, catered for the arrogant. You could call it a really posh church. And spotting the man sitting there in his dirty clothing, one of the deacons went over to him and said, can I help you, sir? And the man said, I was praying and the Lord told me to come to this church. So the deacon suggested to the man that he should maybe go away and pray again. And maybe God might give him a different answer. So the man returned the following week. And the deacon said, to him, well, did he get a different answer? The man said, yes, I did. I told the Lord that he wouldn't want me in that church. And the Lord said, don't worry about it, son. I've been trying to get into that church for years, and I haven't it. Really. What a sad indictment to a church that is definitely not an ideal church. At the very beginning of the Bible in Genesis, in the beginning, verse 1 of chapter 1, in the beginning, God created that heaven's And the earth. And then in John's Gospel, chapter 1, verse 1, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. This Word should be the most precious thing in our lives as brothers and sisters in Christ. Verse 23 of our text says, let us hold fast. The, confe- the confession of our hope without wavering, oh how often, how often do we as Christians waver in our faith? How often do I waver in my faith? How often do we feel tired and we don't bother maybe coming out on a Sunday evening? Verse 24 says, let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together, as is a habit of some. Yes, we might have a good and a reasonable reason for not becoming to to an evening service. But if we could be here, I would love to know what's more important than meeting together. With God, to hear His word. to praise Him, to worship Him, to thank Him for what He's done for us. Because none of us would be sitting here today if it wasn't for the mercy and grace of God. Our heritage of Reformed Truth should not only be taught, but means should be taken to preserve it for future generations. There's so much corruption today with the word of God, people become confused. Because they're not being taught by men who don't hold fast what verse 23 says. Let us hold fast the confession of our faith and our hope without wavering. <clears throat> the Luther judges. The judge found it necessary to exhort the believers of history to contend earnestly for the faith. Because teachers were corrupting the gospel. He says in verse seventeen, But you must remember, beloved, the predictions of the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ. They said to you, In the last time there will be scoffers there's many scoffers today. There will be scoffers following their own ungodly passions. It is these who cause divisions. Or only people be vowed of the Spirit, but you, beloved, build yourselves up in the most holy faith, pray in the Holy Spirit, keep yourselves in the love of God, waiting for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ that leads us to eternal life. Well, are in a spiritual battle today. <coughs> Against the darkness of this world, and if we want to preserve and continue in an ideal church, we must adopt His truth and His work continually. So we've considered the ideal church from a human point of view, but what about an ideal church in the eyes of God? What, in God's eyes, forms an ideal church? <laughs> Life of a church is very high on the ladder of importance. We read in Paul's writings about the church of Ephesus, they had left their first love, and the this, the candlestick was to be removed. So, for a church to be a true spiritual church, there must be genuine evidence of spiritual vitality. How do we define a spiritual life? Well, worship. For one thing, the very fact that we come to God's house, you and I come to this building and we come to worship the God in whom we adore. There are some who say I can worship God at home. I don't need to come to church. I'm a bit tired tonight. Look at verse twenty four. Verse twenty five us consider how to stir one another up to love and good works not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching you know there might be a day where you don't have the health to come to there are some Love to be here we cannot be here. Thankfully, we have our new technical live stream that allows them to be part of our fellowship. The brother Ian Bainbridge, not so long ago, we sat where you sat and now is unable to join with us. We us to he would love to be here to be together with fellow Christians, (laughs) lifting up our voices in praise and in worship to the God in whom we adore. We gather together, do we not, to ascribe supreme worship to a supreme God who has given us faith, assurance, everlasting life, and we should give ourselves wholly to him In love and obedience. Holiness of life is another aspect. We've been taught that over the last few months when our pastor David has been preaching on that very subject. Has it changed us? Has it challenged us? It is separation from worldliness to worship and serve the living. Holiness should be evident in our conversations in 1 Peter 1 verse 15. He who has called you is holy and you also be holy in your conduct. The emphasis on brotherly love and holiness of life is evident throughout the word of God. And if we cannot see this in practice then a church is less than ideal. So, as we draw to a close, just two more points very quickly. The last point for being an ideal church is evangelism and good works. You can have two types of churches. One, you can have a, a, a Galilean type church. The see of Galilee is fresh, it takes in and it gives out fresh water or you can have a dead sea type church which only takes in and gives out nothing. And any church which is solely taken up with the edification of its own members without concern for outreach is inadequate and likely to become spiritually stagnant. What is the great commission? No. Go into all the world and preach the gospel to everything. So an ideal church should take practical steps to ensure the gospel message of hope is taken to the community as much as possible. Many people think that the gospel of Christ is all talk and no action. But in an ideal church practical Christianity should be (laughs) seen in action. And there are many areas of our church that this is carried out in. I know we'll never be a perfect church but let's be an ideal church where members and adherents and those who come and join with us know the very presence of Almighty God. And they know that they will have the blessing of God in their lives as individuals and as a corporate body of God-again believers meeting together to worship and to praise and to magnify God's holy name. As you know, we're about to launch <coughs> in the next month or so a job club under cap, Christians Against Poverty and here is an ideal situation where we as the people of God, can help the community of Hamilton. Yes, it's our vehicle to help them to find employment, bring back their self-esteem, but far above and beyond that the goal is to share with them the Lord Jesus Christ and to point them to a saviour, which is an ideal position that we as Christians are in to be able to share the love of God with our world that's dying in their sins. Before. Father God, we just thank you for your greatness towards us. We thank you, Lord, for all that you've done for us and all that you are doing for us. And we pray that, Lord, that you would continue to bless us. Help us to worship you. Help us to continue to remember of your Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, who gave us all for us on Calvary. And as we continue in our service this day, we pray as we meet around your table that you would bless us together in Jesus' name we